G'day, thanks for joining the Heights Church Podcast today. We hope you enjoy our message. If you're in the Sydney area, be sure to join us at the Heights Church at Gorston Road, Hornsby Heights, Sydney, Australia. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. This morning um, I wanted to speak to us on the theme of thanksgiving. Our thanksgiving to God. Our thanks to him uh, for all that he does for us. And uh, when I looked at myself I thought, Hmm, I have, when was the last time you actually thought about positively giving thanks to God? So when you were younger, did your parents and possibly your grandparents train you to say please and thank you? And if you are of that age now, have you also trained your kids or grandkids in the importance of saying please and thank you. It's a simple task, isn't it? But by saying these words, it helps us to understand that we're not entitled to, to demand or be given anything. But when we do receive and we say those simple words, it is a sign of respect, politeness and appreciation for what you have been given. You are acknowledging the giver. It's a learned thing, isn't it? And it's best learned and retained when it's practised daily. So it becomes second nature to us, almost a part of our DNA. And our Bible story this morning takes us along that same path. Our being thankful to God and telling him so. For by doing so, we are giving him the glory in our lives. Thankful for who he is and how he blesses us no matter what the circumstances we find ourselves in. Sometimes, and I might say very often, we fail to acknowledge God's graciousness in our lives. Thanking God is a habit we should probably bring more to mind and put into practice. Let's pray, shall we? Father, as we open your word, we ask that your spirit would speak to each of our hearts, that we would desire to be thankful to you in all areas of our lives for the ups and the downs, for the good things and for the things that we're not so happy with but knowing that you provide all things, you give all things that we might uh, know you in a closer and deeper way. So Father, we just ask that you would bless our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if I to ask you to name 100 things that you are thankful to God for right now, 100 things. How would you go? Okay, what about 50? 20? Maybe 10? It makes you think, doesn't it? 
So often we take the goodness that God gives us all for granted without stopping to recognise the answered prayers and the blessings from the giver and to say, thank you, Lord. And just like saying please and thank you, it is a learned practice. You might say a discipline of the Christian heart and Christian life. Billy Graham once said that thanksgiving, the giving of thanks to God for all his blessings, should be one of the most distinctive marks of a believer in Christ Jesus. But how often we forget when things are going so well in our lives, even to read our Bibles to pray, and particularly to give thanks to God. Nothing turns people into bitter, selfish, dissatisfied people more quickly than an ungrateful heart, Billy Graham said. And nothing will do more to restore contentment and joy than a true spirit of thankfulness. Is that your thinking as well? But sometimes it is hard to have a spirit of thankfulness, isn't it, because of our situation. I'm sure that the ten lepers in our story would have found it very difficult to find anything to be thankful for. I mean, here they were having to live on the outskirts of a village in a leper community, isolated from the rest of the village with a disease that was so dreadful and feared that the Jewish law required the sufferers to shout, unclean, unclean, whenever anyone came near them. They couldn't go outside the leper community and had to rely upon the generosity of family and others to bring them food and drink, which also had to be left at a distance. They were totally shut off from society. No, not a lot to be thankful for, I would have thought. I imagine that they would have been feeling depressed and downtrodden, knowing that there was no hope for them, only a slow downward spiral until their health gave out and they died. They could only dream of being healed and returning to their families and to their community. To such people, hope was one thing that they would have clung on to. They would have heard stories about this Jesus who was going around the countryside healing people. What if he could heal me too? Just the thought would have raised their spirits. How, but oh, how could they get to see this Jesus? They could never leave the leper community and no one would bring Jesus to them for fear of being diseased themselves. In our passage, Luke says Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, travelling along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. I'm sure that Luke's commentary was a bit understated. I'm thinking they would have been shouting at the top of their voices to try and get his attention. We've got to make him hear us above the noise and the excitement of everything else, which they did. But when Jesus saw them, he didn't go over to them and touch them to provide healing, as he had done with so many others. He simply said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, Luke tells us, they were cleansed. They didn't hang around to see if, whether they were or had been cured by Jesus. No, they simply obeyed his instruction. They went. And as they went, they were healed. Surely that is a true sign of faith. As they went, they were healed. They would have seen that the sores and the lesions on their skin would have disappeared. Jesus told them to go to the priests so that the priests could testify that they were no longer diseased 
and so they could return to their communities. For in Jesus' time, it was the priest who decided under Levitical law if a person was unclean or if they were healed. Imagine the scene with ten people, previously known to be lepers, turning up to have the priest examine them to confirm that they had been healed. And imagine the testimony the priest would have witnessed to Jesus' great healing power, his love and his compassion. These men, the outcasts of society, the invisible people of society, had been shown God's grace and healing mercy. And this speaks to me of the love and the compassion that we as Christians need to be always showing to the poor, the lost and the hurting people, the invisible people of our society. How grateful would they have been and felt seeing what Jesus had done for them? How thankful they must have all felt. And I'm sure they were all very thankful indeed, but Luke tells us that it was only one of these men, a Samaritan, a foreigner, who when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. He thanked Jesus out of a grateful heart, knowing that it was God who had done the healing. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to the Samaritan, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. God not only healed his body, but had worked in this man's heart for him to show thanks to God. Only one man who had been healed bothered to stop and think, where did this healing come from? Yes, it was Jesus, but in thanking Jesus, he was glorifying God, something the other nine had failed to do. And therein lies the lessons for us today. Jesus pointedly said, weren't all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Well, we know that the other nine were hightailing it to the priests so they could be pronounced clean and return to their families and their friends something that only yesterday would have been unimaginable to them. And maybe later they would have given thanks to God or taken an offering to the temple. But it was in that moment, the moment of healing and restoration, that Jesus said only one had returned and praised God for what he had done in his life. And it was in that moment that I realised how often I don't stop and thank God for all the blessings and answered prayers that he has given me. And maybe, maybe you can identify with that as well. Our lives can be so busy, everything going so well, it is easy to forget and to give thanks in all things. You know, we, we will be thankful to God when we cultivate a habit and an attitude of being thankful to him. Just as we learn to say please and thank you as a child, learn to give thanks to God in all things. In fact, we read that the Apostle Paul even gave thanks to God the Father when he was under adversity in prison in Philippi. Imagine that. Even in prison, Paul thanked God for the opportunity to lead the jailer and his family to salvation. It was an opportunity to thank God for, for Paul. Billy Graham says this, Today, ingratitude and thanklessness is far too common. Children forget to thank their parents for everything that they do for them. Common courtesy is scorned. We take for granted 
the ways that others help us. Above all, he said, we fail to thank God for his blessings. He said, one of the Bible's indictments against humanity is found in Romans 1.21. Although they know God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. An ungrateful heart is a heart that is cold towards God and indifferent to his love and mercy. But a thankful heart is the natural overflowing of a heart that is attuned to God, which is where the Christian heart should be. You know, I used to struggle with that song, It's Your Breath in My Lungs, So I Pour Out Your Praise. I thought it was a bit banal. But now I realised that we should be thankful even for life and breath itself. God gives us life, he sustains it, and we owe all that we are and have to him. Now I want you to do something for me, if you will. Just take a moment or two to thank God in your life for two things, just two things. But here's the rub. When you get home, tell someone else in your family what you are thankful for and then ask them what they are thankful for. Not 10 or 20 or 50 or 100 things, just start at two things. And see if you can do that every day for a week for something different that you're thankful for. Thanking God for his mercies and his blessings. The theologian Matthew Henry told a story once that as he was walking along the street, he was robbed and his wallet was stolen. Not something he would necessarily be thankful for, but he found that he could still thank God for four things. First, that he had never been robbed before. Second, that although they took his wallet, they didn't take his life. Third, that even though they took it all, it wasn't very much. And fourthly, and finally, he thanked God that it was he who was robbed and not the one having to do the robbing. There are many things that we can thank God for, isn't there? And in his case, and in our case, it should be too. A heart attuned to God is able to turn adversity into thanksgiving. In fact, we can thank God for so many things in our lives, can't we? Like his continued presence and power in our lives through the Holy Spirit. In and of ourselves, we do not have the strength that we need to live the way God wants us to live. But when we turn to him, Philippians 2.13 tells us, it is God who works in us to will and to act according to his good pleasure. Something to be thankful for. And you can thank God for the people in your life. It is easy to take people for granted, isn't it? Our spouse, our children, our relatives, and even our friends. Sure, we don't always get along with everyone all the time. But God has brought them into our lives for a purpose, and we should be thankful to him for them. Do you think you can thank God for your family, even when things aren't perfect for you? As a church, we always thank God for his salvation in the Lord Jesus. Each time we celebrate communion, we give him thanks. 2 Corinthians 9.15 tells us, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift in Christ Jesus. 
and we can thank him for all the material blessings he has given us. First Chronicles 29.12 says, Wealth and honour come from you. We give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Everything comes from you. But greater still, we can thank him as we learn contentment for who we are and what we have, not being envious of others. Paul says in Philippians 4.12 that I have learned the secret of being content in each and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul shows us that a true spirit of thankfulness can make all the difference in our attitude to our circumstances. But being thankful to God is not just a learned and practiced thing, is it? It's about being thankful to the God that we know. When you know his heart, his love, his compassion, his mercy and his desire for you as his child, how much easier and more personal is it to thank our Heavenly Father, to thank him with our own grateful heart. We thank him for who he is and what he has done and continues to do for each one of us. It's much easier to thank a person you know well, isn't it? For you genuinely know their heart and their nature towards you. And God makes his heart and his nature known to us through his word. When we know him well, our gratitude glorifies him. And it brings us closer to him. Think about that one leper, the, the one who returned to Jesus and fell at his feet in gratitude, glorifying God the Father. Just, just imagine how his heart leapt with joy and thanks for his healing. Think how he was drawn closer to God in that moment. Our gratitude and thanksgiving recognises the Father's love and it draws us closer to him as well. All ten lepers had the need for physical healing, certainly, and Jesus met them where their need was. But the healing Jesus offered to them and offers to us today is not just physical healing, but he heals our hearts as well, restoring us to relationship with the Father, giving us his grace and his peace. Jesus said to the Samaritan leper, rise and go, your faith has made you well. And interestingly, the Greek words used here are translated as has made you well or has healed you. But they can just as readily be translated as has saved you. Your faith has saved you. Jesus healed all ten lepers. But the one who returned with praise and thanksgiving to God, Jesus not only healed, but he said this man's faith had saved him. Paul talks about the outpouring of a saving faith in a similar way in 2 Corinthians 14, 13, where he says, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us. And present himself to us, uh, present us to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? That our thanksgiving 
might overflow to the glory of God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we can call you Father. We thank you for your love and that you want a relationship with us. And Father, we, we, we recognise that we should be thanking you more and more. We thank you, should be thanking you at all times and in all things. But forgive us, Father, as so many times we just take your love and your mercies and your blessings for granted. Teach us, Father, to have a thankful heart, a heart full of gratitude, knowing that all things come from you and to give you thanks in all things. In Jesus' name we pray.